When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead. Take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. Welcome to another episode of the Caribbean Cricket Podcast. I believe this is episode 77 of the Caribbean Cricket Podcast. My name is Marshall St. Patrick Hewitt, one half of the Caribbean Cricket Podcast. And as ever, you know who's with me. Yep, Santoki here, Mash, and we've got a special guest on today's episode. He took the headlines recently in Super 50s for one of the standout innings of the year in the regional season. But beyond that, Mash, I feel like he's someone who's had a true West Indian cricketing experience. He's played for Trinidad and Tobago in first-class cricket, Barbados Pride in 50 over. In CPL, he's played for Guyana and St. Lucia. So we're here to get him on to talk about his experience of playing in the region. So without further ado, Mash, do you want to introduce our guest for today's episode? Indeed, I will, Santoki. And as you say, he's played for nearly everyone. So I feel like on behalf of Jamaica Talawas, I have to try and make a move to get him to play for the Talawas in future seasons as well. But um, yes, ladies and gentlemen, as, as Santoki rightly says, we do have a special guest on today. And it is Russian Primus um, following, as Santoki says, his superb, one of the all-time greatest knocks in Super 50. Let me bring Russian on to the show. Russian, how you doing? Hey guys, all good, man. How are you guys doing? Doing very well, Russian. Doing doing very well, and um, you know what? Pe- people are gonna immediately. Those who are watching this on YouTube um, will immediately look at your your jersey and say, "But but what jersey is that? Is 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 it's not a it's it's not a Caribbean jersey." I actually had to do some research, you know, to find out where exactly you are at this particular moment in time and who you're playing for. But do you just want to tell everyone what that jersey is and who you're currently representing? I'm currently representing um, Deer Park Cricket Club in Australia, in the um, in Melbourne, the um, VTCA Senior Division League. Indeed, and I, Russian, because you never told me you know. Well, you told me you were in Melbourne, but when you told me you were in Melbourne, I was like, "What's Russian doing in Melbourne?" Though, and I had to research hard, you know, to, to find out who you were playing for and what you were doing. And in the midst of doing all of that research. I found out that when you were a youngster, well, I think maybe how far back, maybe 10, nine years ago, you had gone to play for Atherton Cricket Club. Is that correct? 
Yeah, I played for Atherton Cricket Club in Manchester. That's actually my first time traveling, like overseas, like um, being on a professional contract. Mm. So, because not because I think one of the one one of the things that Caribbean fans, West Indian fans, often won't know. We know when our players are playing regionally, whether it be for Barbados, Guyana, Trinidad, whoever it might be. But we often don't know that some of our players are on kind of like club cricket contracts all around the world, et cetera, et cetera. Is this your first time um, being in Australia or how, how many, or, or have you been before? Uh, this is actually my second time in Australia, playing for the same club I played earlier this season. Um, we actually won the um, division below and we got promoted to this division. So I came in like in the back end of the season, which was like early January because... I think the borders were closed in Australia um, around Christmas time and it opened in January. So I came over, played the back end of the season and helped you guys to get promoted to, into the senior division. That That's super interesting for me. And the, the reason why I say it is because, and I, I, I answer this as kind of best and as truthfully as you can, what, what, do you notice about the difference in, so that's what, grey cricket in Australia, How what is the kind of gap or quality like between playing that kind of level and playing club cricket back home? Is there is there a better set of facilities for you for you to use, etc.? What what do you kind of gain out of these um, experiences when you get to travel abroad? Uh, in these experiences, it's not necessarily it's better cricket, but it teaches you, you know, to carry the team as a professional. Mm. It teaches you to, you know, in every situation, you have to do it for the team. Regardless if, you know, you think that some guys should be pulling their weight, other guys should be helping you, you know, it puts you in a position that you, you have to always do good for the team. So then you, you know, you have to find a way to score runs, to take wickets, to always be in the game. And then when you go back home and play cricket, you know, you just instill that into your cricket and it really helps you like, mentally, you know, it helps you with your cricket all around. You know what, Australian club cricket is famous for, you know, sledging and, and the verbals on the pitch. Have you, what have you encountered that? How do you find that in Australia? Um, so far, nobody have sledged me. Nobody <laughs> ever, you know. The worst that happened is this weekend gone. Um... I had a, a, a bit close calls and the, and the umpire didn't go in my favour, you know, and the umpire was just, you know, giving it to me, saying that, oh, you think everything's going to go your way. So, you know, he was just <laughs> mouthing off at me. He was mouthing off at me and I started to get upset and then I just said, you know what, I'm do I don't want to get anybody out of me. I just started bowling down, guys. I started bowling quickly and the umpire was like, well, you know, he got me angry and it, it really paid off. I said, well, I didn't want you to get me angry. I just want to keep it simple, you know. <laughs> Russian, when, you're, when I've seen you domestically playing cricket, you've often batted somewhere around like six, seven. Obviously, you're an all-rounder. How, how when you play uh, club cricket, grade cricket, have you gone up the order or have you kept it relatively the the kind of same in terms of where you would normally bat? Or are you taking the new ball? How how are you used mostly? Well, in club cricket back home, 
Um, I bat number four for my club, the Wanderers Cricket Club. If you know about the club, then I yes. play with Raymond Reefer, Jason Warder, Craig Braffitt, Kurt Edwards, Shane Mosey, those guys, and um, mm. a guy, Jonathan Drake's. Mm. You know, all of us play together in the same team, and they bat basically bat at number four, whether it be red ball or white ball cricket. Well, T20 open in T20, mm. and this season, this has been one of the best all round seasons they had. They have they had two hundreds in the T20. I played two games in the fifty over. I scored seventy, and I scored a hundred. And then in the um in the four day competition. Well, the three-day competition, I scored 160. So I got 100 in each format. And then to come and play 50 over and score 100 also. So it's been a, a good year for me in terms of, you know, club cricket. And on the, you know, the domestic the, uh, the domestic circuit. So I've been really enjoying this year also. That's probably a good point, Santoki, to, to kind of talk to Russian about first-class cricket because Russian's been and Russian's right I was pulling his numbers just before the show looking at his 2022 and it's been strong but I know you wanted to talk to Russian about first-class um Santoki. Yeah so you made your first-class debut in uh, 2016 for Trinidad and Tobago and you you took headlines on your debut you got six wickets in six overs I think Narsing Dionarine was your first first wicket in regional cricket sort of what was the journey to making it into first-class cricket in the region and how did you end up at Trinidad and Tobago rather than your home franchise in Barbados? Um, that came about, I went to Trinidad to play some club cricket and I did well. I did well in all the formats, you know, um, a few days before I leave, um, Gus Logie asked me to, to come and meet him to have a word. So he was like, he wants me to come and play for Trinidad. Am I willing to come? I said, well, sure, yeah. And he said, well, okay, well, the draft is in Barbados. So when he comes to Barbados, he would you know, dropped me a message. And funny enough, I was at Barbados training the same day I had the draft. He came and talked to me and said, well, he got me covered. So after the draft, he walked out and he said, well, see you in Trinidad. <laughs> after that, I was, <laughs> I was excited. I was so excited that um, <clears throat> I had a, a flight at 6 o'clock p.m. and I went to the airport at 6 o'clock a.m. <laughs> 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 and um, that season you also averaged thirty nine with the bat, uh, batting at like around eight. Um, how did you find? How did you find that first season in um, regional cricket? Was it a challenge? Was it what you expected? Did you find it easier than you thought? What, what was it like? Yeah, it was it was challenging. You know, I haven't faced that kind of bowling. You know, guys much faster and guys that are pretty skillful. So it was it was challenging, but I always back myself. You know, say I like. I made it playing this kind of way, so I'm going to stick with it. So it really worked out for me. And I actually I actually first came across you because I went to the Kensington Oval in 2017 to watch uh, Trinidad play Barbados and there was a stand full of fans on, at the bottom stand and they all had your name on the back of their shirts and I was like okay <laughs> this guy this guy must be a must be a popular player so that was my first encounter I think you were batting with Dennis Ramdin but so you played two seasons with Trinidad and Tobago and that's the last time you played first class cricket in the region sort of what's happened was that a choice not to play first class cricket why have you not continued that after those two seasons um, you know, it had a bit of controversy, you know, but that's just, that's the past, but 
It was not my choice to stop playing. They always say that I enjoy playing four-day cricket. You know, you have a lot of time to do what you have to do. You know, you make mistakes, you may not be good at that point. I still have a few more days to, you know, get back into the game. And I always enjoy it and I always wanted to play. But, you know, after that season, it's been a, a pretty rough patch for me in terms of getting back on the domestic circuit. Um, had a few years that I did really well in, in club cricket. I scored um, almost every season. I was scoring 500 runs. Had a season I scored, um, I had most runs. I had the most runs in the, the four-day competition. Also, I got the you know the male cricketer of the year, and I still didn't get picked for Barbados. So you know it's been tough, but I still you know I keep at it. That, that that's that, that's interesting, Russian, because I think it's so easy sometimes for people to pigeonhole like the the current generation of West Indian cricketers and say oh they don't want to play test cricket etc etc and um you're still putting the numbers in uh in club cricket and um if if we slightly pivot to to the super 50 now obviously you you had the you had the standout knock of the whole super 50 tournament the best innings of the tournament and um I'm gonna I'm gonna shout out someone you probably know very well um before before the tournament started I did. A, we did a preview show with um, Nikhil, Nikhil Utam Chandani, um, about yeah. the Barbados, um, the Barbados pride going into the tournament. And Nikhil's exact words to me were, "Watch out for Russian Primus. He has the ability to take down any attack in this competition." And then, of course, you 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 left it late, but semi final, you took down one of the best attacks in the competition uh, for one of the all time Super Fifty knocks. If we just focus on that knock first and foremost. I mean, the situation you came into, if I remember rightly, I think Barbados was something like, I'm going to say something like 100 and maybe 20 odd for five, something like that. And in a situation where chasing down 300 plus looked absolutely no, how did you, how did you, how did that not play out for you? Was it just, I'm just going to go for it? Or were you taking it stages by stages? How, how, how do you, how do you play an innings like that? Uh, to be honest, I just whenever I talked about it, I was like, you know, well, we're in we're in the trenches right now. Mm. But this is a a good opportunity for me to get a score. And I was just I just went about it like you know thinking to myself like, been batting good all year, been batting good in Super Fifty, just got a few unlucky outs, and I say you know what this is the this is the time and I. Before that game, I sit down next to Jonathan Carter and I told him, you know what, I got, I got an innings to play. And I'm feeling, I feeling the itch. I'm feeling the itch. <laughs> and then after I told him that, I went to tell Ryan Hines the same thing. I tell him, uh, tonight I'm feeling it. And what really drive, what really drive me is that, you know, Nicholas Puran came out and started smashing ball all over the place, you know. You know, I went for some runs, some of the bowlers, mostly bowlers went for runs. And all, one thing I always believe, I'm a team player. So mm. we sit down, me and Akeem Jordan, we sit down at the lunchtime and he was like, like Puran just come out and just beat ball. <laughs> I sit down to him, I say, Jordan, 
I don't know how I don't know about you, but I can't play a cricket game and I watch my teammates go all over the park and somebody from the next team don't go all over the park. So somebody got to hold some licks tonight. <laughs> <laughs> so all I was like, I just want to get in, get a score. I look, I keep looking at the scoreboard and I saw I got 50. I say, all right, I got 50. I say, you know what? Well, I can have a go at it. And I just started to go and then, you know, everything was just coming out the middle. So I say, I'm going to take it all the way. I say I can try, I can try my best to see how close I can bring this game. And, you know, eventually it starts to get close. It started to get close. And then I say, well, all right. And I started to calculate the game. And I say, you know, if I could get certain amount of runs out to certain guys over, the guys that I really think that I, I, like, I fancy, mm. I say, well, you know, it would bring it straight down to how I want it to be. And it started to, you know, it started to pan out very good. It's only unfortunately in the end that I couldn't bring the guys over the line. Yeah, because I, I, I remember the final over, I think Shannon Gabriel bowled the final over and um, there's like the clip where at the end you're kind of like on your haunches, really disappointed that you weren't able to get it over the line. And in many ways, though, that summed up just how great an innings what how great an innings it was that you clearly and I'm talking about somebody looking at it through the TV screen. You clearly th- must have thought, "I can do this. I can actually, I can actually chase this t- this total down." But um, to 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 give Shannon his due, he did pull off a a very good final over in terms of getting the ball right in the in the block hole. Do you think you missed out on any possible shots in that final over, or do you just think you have to hand it to Shannon and say, you know what, he bowled a good last over? Um, it was a mixture. Honestly, I, I think I missed out on like two balls that I could actually hit for six. I just I lose my shape. Mm. And, that, <clears throat> and that was one of the, the key points in me not bringing home the game. Losing my shape in the last over, and you know, it was playing on my mind. Not everybody was saying, oh, it's a good innings. You know, you can't fault yourself. You can't feel down. But I know, I believe, and I know that I missed out on two balls, at least two balls, two sixes. And that mm. would have been the game for me. So that's why it keep playing on my mind. You know, everybody would say the great innings. How I feel after it didn't really, you know, I wasn't really too, you know, happy, happy about it because I know that I really wanted to win the game. When when you play an innings like that, and you may not be able to say, but everyone starts talking about it, your name is now reverberating around about, around the region, which is interesting because obviously you've been playing for quite a while. It's not like, and you're, you're still young, obviously, but did you start to have anybody saying to you, right, with that type of knock, international colours might come calling? Where do you see your career at at this point in time? Because every West Indian player... Yeah, Harbour's ambition for West Indies in, in at least some format of cricket. Is that the next natural goal for you? Do you think that that innings put you in kind of the public limelight for people to start thinking about you in, in that light? Or do you think you've still got some way to go? Um, I, hope, I hope that that innings put, helped me to put one foot in the door in order to make it into the West Indies team. But always, you know, you still have, you always have work to do. You know, this just means that anytime I come back and play 
any form of domestic cricket, you know, Super 50, CPL, anything, you know, eyes will be on me to, you know, to back up that performance. And that's something I would like to do. I don't want to be remembered for just one innings and then after that, you know, it just went flat after that. But before that innings, before they actually started to get back into domestic cricket, um, it had an innings they played against, a similar innings they played against um, Ireland. Yes. Wonders played against Ireland and I came in and I scored 80 off 30 and we were chasing 300 and we, we lost by like probably lost by like mm, I think 10 runs or so. But you know, um, I think Nikel was covering that game also and mm. you know, much people didn't recognize it. That's just before West Indies played Ireland in the West Indies and I think I think Ireland did beat West Indies in that series also. It's only mm. probably the, the people in, in Barbados um know we don't know much about that innings. But I guess it doesn't get circulated all over. Um so other people to the city innings. So that was that's something I've been doing in club cricket for a long time. It's just I'm very happy to get to do it on the domestic circuit so everybody can see, you know, what I'm capable of. Mm-hmm. You mentioned um, CPL there. You've played for Guyana Amazon Warriors and recently uh, this past season for St. Lucia Kings. How has CPL sort of benefited your game in terms of like the variations it's taught you and facing world-class international opposition? Yeah, um, CPL, CPL has been a, a up and down trip. You know, I I always think that it's more like a business than to you know promote young cricketers in the Caribbean because you know they pick the overseas, the overseas get all the preference, and you know some of the guys just have to do you know basically sometimes it's just they in the team, but I don't think much guys get the chance to really express themselves unless you know like they're already coming to the team like and your name is well known. I think you know we need to find a way to get guys to get the opportunity. So some guys, you know, just you can give a guy to back up the yard and, and don't leave it all to be on the overseas all the time. You know, give guys opportunities. That's the only way that guys will improve. So for me, CPR been up and down. Um, in terms of when I play CPR, sometimes they just focus on bowling because. Sometimes when they when they get to bat, it's just like one over, two overs, and you just gotta go for the hills. So you know, much people not be able to see that you're able to bail it in. And the good thing that happened for me this year in CPL is that in the sixth day, I got to bat at number three, and I did well. And then the first game against Trinidad, um, I batted. I think I batted like four. I came and I scored thirty six. I think he scored 30, yeah, he scored 36, batted well again. But then, uh, obviously, overseas start to come into the team. So, you know, again, they get the preference. So, as I say, like, they don't always get the a fair opportunity at it all the time in CPL. And it is a business. These guys invest a lot of money. So, that's understandable. One thing I would say, just before Santoki comes back in, though, and... I mean, you have played for three franchises, uh, so I would, in that sense, I would say that there is certainly a value placed on you. Like you, 
it's one thing to play for a franchise and then you don't pick up a next deal and then maybe just come back randomly. Um, I mean, Guyana have shown some faith in you. Obviously, Barbados have and just with the Kings uh, this season. How did you rate your... It's interesting what you just said there about getting some opportunities up the order for the 60 and so on and so forth. Um, How did you rate for yourself individually um, your past season with the Kings? Because I thought you were one of... And and I'm not just saying it because you're on the show now, but I thought you you were one of the Kings more consistent performers um, this season. Um, Certainly with the ball, I thought you bowled some impressive spells um, for the Kings. Um, And I hear what you're saying with maybe not having the chance to bat higher up the order, but how do you reflect on this particular uh, season just gone? Um, This season, this was, for me, in my mind, it was a make or break because I didn't play CPL for the last two, two or so years. So just to get back in, you know, it was a make or break. You know, some sometimes you get back in and you only get one, you know, get one season to prove yourself. So for me, it was just like, go out there. You've been doing well all the time. So just go out there and just execute your skills. And I think I had a good, I had a good season with um the ball. A decent, okay, played a, a few um good innings also, but more so with the ball. Um, had some crucial times that I came in and I bowled well and helped us to win some games. But unfortunately, I, I was a traveling reserve, so I couldn't play all the games. I could only play when somebody was injured. I, I didn't know that, actually. So that, that's actually news to me. I had no idea about it. I, that was me just thinking you were just part of the team from the, from the, from the very beginning. Sorry, Santoki, I'll let you come back in. Yeah, there's been a lot of calls from players, Jason Holder, Kyron Pollard, about the Caribbean needing a T20 domestic tournament separate from CPL. Going on what you said about CPL being a business and the emphasis on overseas players, do you think something that's what the region badly needs, a domestic T20 tournament? Yeah, definitely need a, a domestic T20 tournament so, you know, guys could you know showcase their talent. So when they come into CPL team, everybody know what these guys are capable of. And they will get a fair opportunity, you know, to execute the skills. Most definitely. Sorry, Santoki, sorry. Did you no, that, 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 that's, that's a very, very interesting point and it's something a lot of lot of people have called for. But Mash, we've got a big, big final question that we ask all guests on our show and Roshan is no different. So do you want to go ahead with the big, big question? Yes, yes, yes. Okay, Russia. <laughs> there's, there's, there's a big question which then splits into three questions. So I'll, I'll break it down for you. Every guest who comes on has to answer these questions, no matter what. Okay. So, oh, sorry. And the only, the only thing you're not allowed to do is you're not allowed to pick your your own home territory. What is the best grounds to play at in the Caribbean? So I can't pick my home ground. <laughs> Can't pick Kensington. Um, let me see. Next best, next best is probably I like Saviv. Oh really? Yeah, I like Saviv. Go. You got. You have to give me the reason why. I oh, know the um. Well, it's a nice open ground. You know, grass banks. I think like the view and everything, and and like. It's really good for cricket. The ground is really good for cricket. And most of the times they play there, they usually have a, a good wicket. 
a good cricketing wicket. So, you know, I, I enjoy playing at the survey ground. And what, who, sorry, let me rephrase this one. Of the players you've seen, watched, played with, etc., who is the best player? Yeah, you've seen or played with thus far in your career. Um, let's see. Local or overseas? Can go anybody. Could be me. Let me take. Let me take. One of the best players I play with, probably. Yeah, probably gonna be um. In terms of overseas, I would think. JP Dummy. Oh. Is that when you were part JP. of the what would that be the when you were with the tri was he with the tri when when was yeah, that? Trade trade ah. Right, okay. What was it about Dominic that stood out? Um honestly like, to me they don't feel like overseas. It felt like one of the boys. Mm. And like you know, we were struggling with the bat and this guy, he just come in, comes in all the time and he was scoring runs, you know, and he was batting really well. And, like, just made batting look easy. Mm. So, like, you know, watching him play, you know, being a professional, you know, very sociable guy. I imagine every day he's calling me, he want to play cards. He want me to come to the team room and play cards. <laughs> but he's one, one of the best, probably overseas um, cricketers they play with. Awesome, awesome. Listen, Russian, it's, thank you so much, first and foremost. I know people won't know this, but as we're recording, it is what must be like something like 10 o'clock at night in Melbourne at this moment in time. Um, thank you so much for giving up some of your time. Um, we always say on the Caribbean Cricket Podcast that it's important for us to showcase talent from around the region. It doesn't just have to be kind of like the global names. And we, 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 were, we, we were really glad to just kind of get you on, hear your story, hear where your game is at, at current. Um, Santoki, any final words? No, absolute pleasure, Russian. Thank you for giving up your time. All the best uh, for the rest of your season in Australia. And hopefully we see you successfully uh, in the region again next year with some good performances. Yeah, thank you very much. You know, thank you guys for having me. I really appreciate it. I know, thanks for letting me to come on and tell my story. I know, thanks for the kind words also. Most definitely, Russian. Enjoy the rest of the season uh, with Deer Park and uh, as Santoki. So wait, actually, Russian, before we, we, we wrap up, so when you when you heading back to the Caribbean? Um, I actually want to play in the, the, four, the first class season. Yes, so, that's why I asked. Um, I probably will be heading home. Probably end of January, close to the end of January, to go and play um, some first class. Well, I met myself available mm. for the first class season. Well, you've just answered the question because that's precisely why I asked you the question. Are you going to make yourself available to play in the Red Bull season upcoming? So we look forward to hopefully catching you in some of the the, the Red Bull matches coming up from about February onwards. And um, who knows, Russian, if you continue the form that you've been showing in 2022. We may well be seeing you in some international colours in 2023. But go well, Russian. All the best. Have a good Christmas, etc. And thank you so much for coming on the Caribbean Cricket Podcast. Yeah, thank you very much. And Merry Christmas to you guys also. No problem. Ladies and gentlemen, that's been another episode of the Caribbean Cricket Podcast. 
as ever if you're listening on podcast apps like share rate review subscribe etc also if you're doing on youtube and stay locked in for some more content to come thank you and good night Network.